The Education Minister is where we start because Norma Foley has been accused of throwing in the towel on the teacher recruitment and retention crisis. The Association of Secondary Teachers in Ireland, the ASTI, says Norma Foley doesn't have the political will or wherewithal to properly tackle the problem. It says there are hundreds of unfilled post-primary teaching posts advertised on education recruitment websites every week. The ASTI adds that Minister Foley must take meaningful measures that will restore and enhance the attractiveness of teaching as a profession in Ireland. And to discuss this further, we're joined by the ASTI President Geraldine O'Brien. Geraldine, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Alan. Uh, Thank you very much for being with us. Uh, Can you just explain how bad the situation is in terms of recruiting and retaining teachers at the moment? Well, you have uh, outlined it there, Alan. Um, the uh, situation currently is at a crisis stage. Um, very often principals and management are withdrawing uh, special educational needs teachers who are allocated to students who have that need and placing them in the mainstream classroom as a, a stopgap measure because students cannot be unsupervised in the classroom. Uh, also what's happening is some schools are dropping subjects from the curriculum because they can't recruit adequately qualified teachers to teach those subjects in a specific area. Now, think of the impact of that on a student. Say they wish to do physics in college and physics is no longer available in their school. They're disadvantaged. It's unfair. It's not treating all students equally. It's not treating all students, all um, children in the... the country equally. That's unfair. A student maybe who wishes to pursue art and art is no longer available on the curriculum. Now I'm just taking those two as examples. There may not be, it could be other subject areas, it could be home economics, it could be maths, it could be any subject area where uh, there isn't a qualified teacher to teach those students. So the students are disadvantaged. It's very unfair. So students or even as you uh, touched on earlier, students with special needs are learning is being greatly impacted by the situation. As I mentioned, hundreds of unfilled post-primary teaching posts being advertised on education recruitment websites every week. When you, when you look at teachers, though, can, is it understandable why they may head away from our shores, that it's just too difficult to compete with the terms and conditions you might get in Australia or in Dubai or wherever it is you might go, and even the lifestyle as well? Or do you feel that the minister could be doing more, that she could be doing uh, plenty to try and entice them back? Well, as you say, the, the lifestyle and the terms of conditions in other countries are very attractive. Secondly, the, the deposit people need, young couples need, young um, adults need to put down a deposit on a house. It's very difficult to save for that if they're paying exorbitant rents. So, the attractiveness of Dubai, wherever, it's, it's, it's enticing our graduates abroad, our highly qualified graduates abroad, to get that deposit. So, for instance, to, um, what could the minister do, Alan? One, when, students, when teachers return from their years abroad, say they've spent five years in Ireland teaching, they then um, emigrate for a few years to, to, to save that deposit and the return maybe after another five years. So now they have fulfilled 10 years of their teaching career. But they will start on point one of the scale on return. So that's one quarter of their teaching life which they can never get back. 
they can never equate that for pension, so that it's lost. So why not give them recognition for their years abroad? Give them the incremental salary scale for the recognition for that for their years spent teaching abroad and let them start on point 11 when they return. It does seem a little bit ridiculous that that experience abroad isn't recognised. It's as if they were never a teacher at all for those years, which clearly isn't the case. No, no. And look at the, the, the vast experience they've gained in another teaching situation, in another country, how things are done differently and what they could bring back to the Irish situation from that experience. Sure, it's invaluable what they could uh, bring back. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Plus, if they were teaching in Ireland for five years, they've lost that as well because they've had a break in their career for more than one year. So that would be one simple measure that could be implemented immediately. Give them recognition for those years teaching abroad. Okay, well that's one way in which the Minister could uh, tackle this problem and entice teachers back. Another big issue though is is housing. Uh, and, and Teachers are no different. How... How big an issue is the lack of housing for teachers? And, you know, particularly we're talking about the ones who've headed abroad. And even if the minister worked on the, the, you know, the terms and conditions, made them more attractive here or, you know, recognised their years teaching abroad um, so they didn't start at the bottom of the scale part time, they come back and it's, it's difficult to find somewhere to live. It's difficult to find somewhere to live, one. And two they may not be offered a full-term contract. They may be only offered a part-time contract when they return. Now, if we ever needed evidence of uh, teachers moving out of the areas of high rent, high mortgage, it was in 2023, where there was um, a huge increase in the number of teachers with 10, 12, 15 years experience moving from our capital city to uh, more rural areas, in other words, west of the Pale, where rents were a little bit more affordable and uh, accommodation might be more somewhat, somewhat more readily available. So that speaks for itself that after a number of years teaching in our large urban cities and um, that they cannot afford to save for a mortgage and pay the rent at the same time. So they're moving back to maybe where, they, um, where they grew up, back to their own home counties, if a position becomes available. And who can, who can blame them? You know, there comes a stage in a person's life where they say they want to settle down. If they're only on um, 12, 14 hours teaching per week, what bank manager will touch them to give them a mortgage? even if they have returned from the United Arab Emirates with the deposit in hand, they still will have to get a mortgage to buy a property in Ireland. So the actual housing crisis is contributing vastly to the um, attractiveness of teaching as a profession. I did hear one suggestion from one of your ASTI colleagues, uh, which is that the Minister should consider the kind of proposals that are implemented in in some other countries where they actually ring-fence housing for key workers, so police, teachers, nurses and so on, that a a certain proportion of housing would be kept for them. Um, Is that something that you think should be looked at here or is it even possible to do that? Well, uh, why not? Anything is possible if the will is there to do it. And, you know, not only teachers, nurses, 
some um, housing, some stock of housing should be ring-fenced for essential workers. But, like, is that disadvantaging then others who may be looking to get on the property ladder? If they were paid adequately, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, two teachers, the teacher and a nurse, the teacher and a guard, they could well afford a house. It was within the range. It was well within the range. That's no longer the situation. So if they want to have essential workers, I read in in a a media extract this week that nurses in some one of the Dublin hospitals are commuting over and back to Spain because it's cheaper to do that than to, to live in Dublin. Gosh, that's not good for their carbon footprint and it's, no. it's, it's crazy that they would, they would have to do that. Um, when you say the Minister doesn't have the political will or wherewithal to properly tackle the problem, can you just expand upon that a little bit, Geraldine? Because you've suggested some potential solutions here or ideas that are workable. I'm sure the Minister is aware of these. Why do you think she hasn't? these haven't been... I don't know if they've been discussed, but they certainly haven't been implemented because if they had, we wouldn't be talking about them. Well, for instance, in uh, our press release from from the General Secretary, um, we had looked looked for um, money to be ring-fenced to attract teachers back to Ireland, right, and to restore, to, to give them incremental credit for their years abroad. Now, that didn't even happen. So, like, if that wasn't even addressed, with the Department of Expenditure, deeper, uh, to, to implement that measure, what hope have we got? Giving them years, um, recognition for the years abroad, shortening the teaching, tra- teacher training. If a, if a student does an undergraduate degree of four years, they then have to go and do what's referred to as a professional master's in education. That's two years. So it's six years training. A young person would have trained in the medical field to become a doctor in that length of time and they're not even qualified after that their first year teaching they have to do what's known as drehit which is like a bridging gap between college and your first year teaching before you get your permanent contract if a permanent contract were available now the two years could be reduced to one year is that possible Geraldine without impacting the quality of the, the the masters it's like this, Alan. Um, the two-year PME was introduced a few years ago. Prior to that, it was referred to as the HDIP. I don't honestly think that the standard of teaching back then was any less than it is today. Why was it expanded to two years then? It, it, was, it was expanded to two years because it actually provides a cash cow for the universities. Students are paying in excess of um, 6000 per year to do the professional master's in education. Now, that's €12,000 over the two years, not to speak about accommodation, food, etc. So if that were reduced to one, that would greatly help. So that, that is another simple measure that could be introduced. Very often in the second year, they're spending more time um, in schools doing part-time work and doing a bit of sobbing and doing their, their practical teaching, their practical experience. So why not pay them for that? And at least then they would be on the salary scale a year earlier. Like the teaching scale in Ireland is a 27-year scale. 
So if somebody is entering the profession at 23 years of age, because very often they're not qualified until they are 23 with the current length of training. Now you add 27 to 23, right? Right? You're you're, um, up at 50. So who will be teaching in their 70s? Like, do they want teachers going into classrooms on Zimmer frames? (laughs) Young students require energetic, energetic teachers who can motivate them, who can encourage them along their chosen pathways um, in their future careers, or what they might might perceive to be their future careers. So they need, um, they don't need people in their 70s and that was one of the um, measures that the minister introduced uh, saying that teachers who have retired could return to the classroom. Now retirement means retirement. You know, people move on to the next phase of their lives. They like to do a bit of travel or whatever. So give young teachers an adequate salary to live. I just wonder, Geraldine, with the suggestion of having, or I suppose returning the the, the PME back to to one year, you know, whether third level institutions would fight back against that. If, as you say, it's a cash cow for them, but I suppose any sort of fight from them, you would imagine, if the minister had the determination to do it, that the, there would be would be very little that they could do about it. But this, I suppose, goes back to the point you're making where you're suggesting uh, Minister Foley doesn't seem to have the political will or wherewithal to, to properly tackle the problem. Of course the universities will fight back against it. Now, uh, in, at the start, the universities were not very much in favour of the uh, change from a one-year to a two-year. But now the, it has become established and it's a very... Um, very lucrative flow of revenue for them. So they would. They would certainly fight back against it. But that's not the issue. The issue is the, the students who are in schools currently. They need to be facilitated. They need to be accommodated. So they need teachers teaching them in all subject areas. You've been told that more than 30 separate measures have been implemented to seek to address the crisis. That's quite an amount for an even more alarming, given the situation from the ASTI's point of view, hasn't changed that there is still a recruitment and retention crisis. Have you any idea of what any of these these measures are that have been implemented and whether they've made made any sort of difference? Well, doesn't that speak for itself, Alan, that there have been a range of measures introduced, but they're so insignificant that they have not addressed the problem. Measures like um, teachers who are currently teaching in classrooms, allowing them to do some extra hours. There's a stage in your life when you can do that, but when you're very young, you have no commitments, you have no family. So that was one measure, to allow teachers to do some extra extra hours. Another measure was um, the retired teachers, inviting them to go back to the classroom. As I have previously said, if they're retired, very often they don't want to go back to the classroom. No, as or you say, a, a certain level of energy is needed and enthusiasm is needed for, for yeah. that role. 
So those are the, some of the measures that have been, and the Minister, to be fair to her, has tried to introduce those. But they're so insignificant, they've made no impact. If they had made an impact, we wouldn't be talking about the problem. The problem would be resolved. I have to say it's quite alarming that despite the implementation of that raft of measures, this problem hasn't been successfully tackled by the Minister. <laughs> Do you think because they don't seem to have made a huge difference, she may look at implementing some of the measures your organisation is suggesting or does she actually feel that some of those 30 measures have made a difference? Maybe she thinks they, they, they've they improved the, the, the lot of teachers and the uh, number of teachers that are available to teach in Irish schools. Well, I don't think the Minister, she's an intelligent woman, Alan, that she could even perceive that because when you go on recruitment.ie every day, you see in teaching posts, you see the number of teaching posts that are unfilled. So if that measure had, had been successful, then there wouldn't be those number of jobs advertised on those posts. It's as simple as that. The, those jobs are still advertised, they're unfilled positions. Well, with that in mind then, Geraldine, do you think she is more likely to... Uh, go to the Department of Public Expenditure to, to seek funding to entice teachers back from abroad to, to have the professional Masters of Education course uh, to qualify as a post-primary teacher from two years to one year to trial these measures, even to try and implement some policy where housing, a certain uh, proportion of housing can be ring-fenced for, for teachers and other key workers. Is she likely to try these because uh, the situation hasn't been improved? There are hundreds of those unfilled posts, as you say, advertised on, on education recruitment websites every week. Is she uh, any closer uh, to, to implementing these measures? Well, our, our hope is, Alan, that um, she may see the light. Uh, that's, that's our hope, you know? That is our hope, because if, it, if that doesn't happen, teaching in Ireland is in a crisis situation. So, so that is our hope, that the Minister will... Um, implement some of these measures that we have suggested. Like, just before Christmas there, at a meeting of all the partners with the Teacher Council, Teaching Council, we suggested that why not try um, um, reducing the PME from two years to one year for three years and review it after that. If it didn't work, well, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But give it a try and then review it. Like, they need, currently they need short-term measures, um, medium-term measures, and long-term measures to address this teaching crisis. So uh, reducing it to one year would bring an influx of graduates into the pool of teaching over two years, which would be very significant. Okay, if it doesn't work, well then revert to the two-year PME, but give it a try and analyse it and review it and see what happens. What are the potential long-term consequences of this crisis if no change occurs, or perhaps it isn't even long-term consequences? Maybe this has come to a head and this could happen in the short term. Well, <laughs> will, will there be um, schools where they're offering a very limited curriculum? A very limited curriculum. Will students be travelling long distances to to be able to access the the subjects they wish to access because they're not available in their local school? Like, and we're talking about carbon footprint. 
if 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 parents can afford it and if their student wants to pursue a particular career, then parents will do everything to support their students on that path, their children on that path. So will students travel long distances to other schools? Will there be a growth in the um, the fee-paying schools? Because then you can have um, a wider option of subject choices. It's the disadvantaged that are being disadvantaged all the time. And that, that, that's unfair. Yeah, that's a, clearly a difficult situation. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Minister responds uh, to the ASTI. Do you remain hopeful that you, Norma Foley may, uh, from I suppose your point of view, see the light and uh, implement some of these measures? Well, I mean, if we haven't got hope, Alan, we, we you know, we don't have anything. But we were really um, devastated now before Christmas when we heard there was no measure um, to encourage, no measure to be implemented to encourage um, graduates who are abroad to return and give them full incremental recognition for their years teaching abroad. We were absolutely devastated by that. We were not impressed either when we were told at that meeting with the Teaching Council that they didn't consider, um, they hadn't considered reducing the PME from two years to one year. Yet, look at the corollary of this, Alan. In some subject areas where students do what's referred to as a concurrent degree, in other words, they're doing their subject discipline, they're studying their subject discipline and teaching during their four years. Those students can graduate after four years, whereas other students who do a BA, BCom, BSc, whatever, they then have to go and do a professional master's in education, so they have a six-year pathway to their teaching career. Geraldine, we're getting plenty of reaction to this. I put, might put some of it to you before I let you go. A uh, listener says here in 86 964 is not part of the problem with the lack of teachers the fact that teachers can retire at 55 on almost a full pension, plus so many are allowed career breaks. No nurse can get a break, suggests that listener. Well, if they retire at 55, they have do not have a full pension. So they've made that decision for their well-being, for um, personal reasons, for family reasons, whatever. So their pension is very much reduced. So if they started teaching at 25 and they um, teach for 35 years, they're still 60 years of age. I think it's the guards can, retur- can retire at 55. So they will not have had the full teaching career is 40 years if they want to wish to get full pension. So if they're retiring earlier, they do not have full pension. Okay, uh, just a last couple here uh, uh, before you, Geraldine, because you've been very good with your time. Mary says, Alan, if you're on a career break, you're not contributing to the pension or tax for the five years. There could be a higher tax for the first five years back. And then last one for you, uh, a listener here wondering, what the hell you're on about? They say their daughter is qualified for eight years and there is no permanent jobs in Clare or their surrounding areas and the PME should not be only one year. Uh, how come it takes four years to become a teacher and someone decided that, oh, I'd like to be a teacher now, sure, I'll apply now for the PMA and become a teacher after one or two years? Is uh, that uh, listener's question. Sorry, no, Alan, I don't get that. So they have done an undergraduate degree, yes? 
They're saying their daughter's qualified for eight years, uh, but there are no permanent jobs uh, in Clare, the surrounding area, and they're suggesting that the PME should not be only one year. They're saying, how come it takes four years to become a teacher? And then someone decided, oh, I'd like to be a teacher now. Sure, I'll apply for a PME and become a teacher after one or two years. I think they're saying it, it should stay at two years rather than being brought back to one. Yeah, but on the other hand, they're saying their, their daughter is um, qualified for eight years and hasn't got a job in teaching. Or is it in another profession? Well, I presume that the daughter's qualified as a teacher um, uh, because they're saying there's no permanent jobs in Clare, the surrounding area, which I suppose uh, um, so, which goes against uh, the point that's been made by the STI that there are hundreds of unfilled uh, post-primary teaching posts being advertised. So I don't know, maybe maybe their uh, their daughter uh, needs to look around a, a bit harder. But look, Geraldine, we'll leave it there. Um, you have been very good with your time and um, uh, hopefully there will be some change uh, in this and maybe Minister Foley may implement some of those measures. But thank you for taking the time to join us on Morning Focus.